to the preaching and teaching ministry of Brian Burke International. Hi, I'm Revivalist Brian Burke, and I pray this teaching brings revolutionary change into your life and ministry, and that it will stir you to rise in the power of the Holy Ghost. Now let's get started. Praise God. How many got your Bibles with you? All right, open it to Genesis chapter 15. Somebody was talking about Abraham already. We need to look at Abraham's life. God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. Put his breath in his name. Put Yah in his name. I'm going to put Yah in your name. So you got a fire in your belly. You got a fire in your spirit. Hallelujah. Chapter 15, verse 1 to verse 6. It says, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am your shield, and I am your exceeding great reward. Verse 2, and Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me you have given no seed. And lo, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be your heir, but he that shall come forth out of your own bowels shall be your heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward the heavens, and tell the stars, count the stars, if you are able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall your seed be. Verse 6, and he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Amen. How many know you ought to seek the kingdom of God and the righteousness of God? You can't get righteousness without faith. The Bible says we are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Amen. So you can't have righteousness without faith, and you can't have faith without righteousness. When you believe God, you become righteous. Hello? So you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am righteous. I am a righteous one. Amen. Because you believe God. That's why you're righteous. It's not because of anything that you did in your life. It's not because of any good work or any, any, any big uh, offering that you gave to the Lord that made you righteous. What made you righteous is because you believed God. God imputed, imputed righteousness, imparted righteousness in his spirit. Righteousness is a gift. Righteousness is a gift from God because you believe God. And righteousness makes you bold like a lion. The Bible says the righteous are bold like lions. Amen. Sheep aren't that bold, but lions are. And God wants to transform you from a nice little sheep to a roaring lion. A change will occur in you when you begin to see that you have received the gift of God's righteousness in you. 
Jesus says, seek that kingdom and seek that righteousness, how to obtain it. We know that we can obtain the kingdom by force. But we also know that we can obtain righteousness by faith. By acting on the word of God. Believing the word of God. Believing that what he said, whatever it is he said, that it is the truth. And that we're going to bank our lives on that in Jesus' name. Amen? How many know you're righteous tonight? Lift up your hands and shout, I'm righteous. You cannot do anything for God unless you begin to understand that you are righteous. Let's go to Genesis chapter 17. We're not going to talk about righteousness, but we're just throwing these things in. What we're really talking about is overcoming fear. That's what we're talking about here tonight. Overcoming fear. The first thing God told Abram when he revealed himself unto him was, Abram, he said, fear not. Fear not. A lot of times we're afraid of, of, of what's going to happen because we don't, really, we don't really know what's ahead of us. So we have the fear of the unknown and we, have, we don't really know what the future holds and we begin to fear or we have fear of man and we have fear of failure and we, are, we have fear of, of rejection and we have certain fears in our lives that hinder us from possessing what God has intended for us. But the Bible says Abraham believed God. And he obtained something. He called righteousness. Amen. Hallelujah. Chapter 17 verse 1. Now the Lord is going to appear to him again. And when Abraham was nine, 90 years old and 9. The Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him. I am the almighty God. One of the first time God comes to Abram, God reveals himself as a shield, a protector, then as an exceeding great reward. How many know the word of the Lord unto us is exceeding abundance unto the faithful? But now God comes to Abraham again and he reveals, to him in a, reveals himself to him in a different way. He says, I am the almighty God. The almighty God. And literally it says, I am El Shaddai. I am the all-powerful one. The all-sufficient one. The all-merciful one. The altogether lofty, lofty one. The high and exalted one. I am El Shaddai. Walk before me and be perfect. Verse 2. And I will make my covenant with between you and me and will multiply you exceedingly. Now, how many know we're blessed with blessed Abraham? Abraham was blessed, not for his sake, but for your sake. God desires to bless you just like he blessed Abraham. God desires to give you exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think, just like Abraham. God is not a respecter of persons. What he did for Abram, Abraham, he can do for you. Amen. God doesn't have this little bracket or casting system. He puts this group of people here. He has a minority group here. He has a majority group here. He's got the blacks over here, the whites over here, the yellows over here, the red over here. And he gives them all different blessings. No, 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 no. Amen. God is not a respecter of persons. In fact, the book of James says that being a respecter of persons is a sin. 
Amen? So God is not a respecter of person. What he did for Abraham, he's going to do for you. You've got to settle that fact in your brain right now that God is going to bless you just like he blessed Abraham. God is going to bless me just like he blessed Abraham. But the thing right now you've got to overcome is fear because fear stands in your way. Fear gives you goofy thinking like some of you are thinking right now. Well, God can do that. Well, you don't know my background. You don't know where I came from. You don't know this. You don't know that. I don't care. God doesn't care either. God's going to, as far as God is concerned, he's going to bless you. Amen. Look at verse 3. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, as for me. Now you ought to underline that. God is saying, as for me. That, that means it's an unconditional promise of God. God didn't put a condition on that promise saying to Abraham, if you do this, then I'm going to do that. God said, no, as for me. As far as I am concerned, my covenant is with you. I don't care what people say about you, as for me. As for me. How many believe that? Am I talking to a group of believers? God said, as for me. Behold, my covenant is with you. And you shall be a father of many nations. Neither shall your name anymore be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made you. And I will make you exceeding fruitful and I will make nations of you and kings shall come out of you. Are there any kings here? Kings that have exceeding abundance in their lives. But we have to change our thinking now. That's why Jesus, when he began to proclaim the, the Basilia, when he began to proclaim the kingdom, he, the first thing he said was repent, which means to have a change of heart, have a change of mind, begin to think different, begin to see different, because your upbringing is going to mess you up. What you've been taught in the past is going to mess you up. It's time to repent. It's time to change. Repentance doesn't always mean, doesn't always have to deal with sin. Whenever you change, whenever you transition, that's called repent. Repent simply means, it comes from two words, to re, which means to repeat, and pent, which means to be on top. Or that's where we get the word penthouse. It means a house on top. Okay? Now when Jesus says repent, it means to come on top. Get on top. Go higher. Go further. Amen? How many want to go higher? It means you have to transition. Praise the Lord tonight. So we need to deal with fear because fear gives us a mindset. Or fear demands or prompts from us a decision. Wants a decision from us. Fear wants you either to run or confront. The decision is yours. When fear stares you straight in your face, you have two choices. You can run or you can face it or you can confront it. Amen? Now I know we have a group of people here that will confront it. Doesn't matter what your emotions say, right? Your emotions have nothing to do with serving God. Your emotions, listen, you are a spirit. 
You have a soul and you live in a body. You are not a feeling. Amen? You are not a bad emotion. You are not a, a fickle feeling. Amen? You are a spirit man. You just happen to have a soul. So your, 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 your spirit is the Lord, right? Your soul is your servant and your body is your slave. You don't, tell, you don't let your body tell you what to do. You don't tell your soul, you don't let your soul tell you what to do. You let your spirit, your spirit is Lord and you say, soul, this is how you're going to behave today. This is what you're going to feel today. Body, this is where you're going to go today. Amen? So you're not led by feelings, amen? But fear is an emotion caused by a threat of some form or harm. It manifests with symptoms of anxiety and prompting a decision to fight the threat or to escape. Many believers just want to escape. But God wants to deliver you, set you free from the spirit of fear so that you can become a son of God. Now, let me give you some quick elements here because we're running out of time real quick. Elements of fear are isolation. When fear hits you, you want to isolate yourself. Okay? Another element of fear is shame, distrust, torment, vain imaginations. All right? Fear is a motivator and it motivates its victims to make fear-based decisions. What are faith-based decisions? Fear-based decisions are not based on trusting God, but rather just, they are just a reaction to a dilemma, which in turn leads to another problem. And the fear of cycle continues. The cycle, the fear cycle. That's what I call the fear cycle, but it must be broken. So you can't make decisions based on what you feel, based on your emotions. You have to make faith-based decisions. Because the faith-based decision acts upon the Word of God, believes the Word of God, and acts upon the Word of God just like Abraham. Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. He obtained something. He obtained a good report. Amen? But what fear will do, it'll set an endless cycle in motion. Don't get trapped in that cycle and make decisions based on feelings of fear. Hello? We're talking about possessing, overcoming fear to possess your promise, the promise that God has given you. Amen? All right, now let's go to Romans chapter, chapter 8. Are you still with me here? Oh, that's good. I want you to stay with me all the way through the end because I'm going to give you some awesome stuff here. First thing God told Abraham was, fear not. I am your shield. I am your exceeding great reward. The second time he came to him, he says, I am the almighty God. I want you to remember that. Amen? Because the way Abraham overcomes his fear was trusting in the El Shaddai and in his almighty power for miracles in his life, signs and wonders in his life. Mm-hmm. Are you there in Romans chapter 8, verse 14? It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Verse 15, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. 
I want you to see something here. God delivered us from the spirit of bondage and the spirit of fear and imparted into us the spirit of adoption, okay, that made us sons of God. When you get delivered from that spirit of fear, your sonship will begin to manifest in your life. Too many believers are bound by bondages in their life. Spirits of fear in their lives. Phobias in their lives. Things that block them. Things that hold them back. They can't manifest their dominion. They can't manifest their sonship. They can't believe in the El Shaddai. Verse 16, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God, the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. You know what that means to be a joint heir? It means that everything Jesus owns, you own too. You're not a part owner. Jesus owns half and you own a third. No. And another believer owns another third. No, whatever Jesus owns, you own. Whatever God owns, you own. Say, I believe that. Say, I'm a joint heir. Everything Jesus has is mine. Everything the Father has is mine. Did that make you feel good? The earth is yours and all the fullness thereof. (laughs) Some of you can't believe that. Well, that's what we're talking about this. So that you can get free. See, you, 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 you've been raised up in a Babylonian system. You let the system tell you how much you can make. Right? Where you can go to school. That's why your, your thinking is limited. You can't, you have to, Jesus is above this system. The Bible says the kingdoms of this world are going to become the kingdoms of our Christ. Amen? We are above this world. Jesus, God is the high and lofty one. He's the El Shaddai. El Shaddai doesn't bow to this system. El Shaddai doesn't bow to poverty. El Shaddai doesn't bow to debt. El Shaddai doesn't bow to sickness. El Shaddai doesn't bow to uh, corrupt governments. El Shaddai doesn't bow to anything in this world. They bow to him. Amen. Glory to the Lamb. Alright, let's keep reading. Verse 18. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. So this whole creation is waiting for some of you to manifest while you're bound in fear and, and, and worldly thinking. Are you here tonight? How many want to get free tonight from that spirit of fear? Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 6 says, Wherefore I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God which is in you by the putting on of my hands. Verse 7, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. See, he was suffering. He, Paul the apostle was suffering. He was going through some stuff in his life. 
but he wasn't afraid. He didn't let the fear of death stop him. He didn't let the fear of man stop him. He didn't let the fear of the unknown stop him. He didn't let the, uh, the uh, fear of the future stop him. He didn't let the fear of failure stop him. He didn't let the fear of change stop him. He wasn't afraid of those things. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. He can say that in the midst of his trials, in the midst of his trouble, because he knows in whom he has believed. He is believing like Abraham believed. In the El Shaddai. Amen. Verse 9 says this. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which he has given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Here's a man suffering and he's telling us, don't be ashamed of me, Timothy. Don't be ashamed of these bonds. Don't be ashamed of these afflictions. Don't be ashamed of these sufferings. They have no power over me. Because I know in whom I have believed. I believe in the El Shaddai. The Almighty God. Hallelujah. Oh. Verse 10. But now is made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death. He's not afraid of death. And has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know in whom I have believed. Do you know in you, in the one you have believed? Do you know him? Do you know that his name is the El Shaddai? That there's nothing difficult for him. There's nothing impossible with him. He takes nothing and makes it something. He takes what bad, what's bad and evil in your life and in, it, in its hands, it becomes something that's good for you. It's called the El Shaddai. This is how he revealed himself to Abraham. Abraham, I am the almighty God. I am the El Shaddai in your life. Because when the spirit of bondage and the spirit of fear break in your life, then you can manifest as the son, as a son of God. Verse 15 to 19. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the son of God, God dwells in him and he in God. In other words, in whom did you believe? Just like Paul said, I know in whom I have believed. See, when you believe something, you act accordingly. There is two things uh, uh, action scientists say. Action scientists, they say that people have two theories operating in them. They have espoused theories and they have theories in use. In other words, people don't always do what they say. But you always do as you believe. The theory that is operating in you is what you really believe. And you will always fall back on that theory that is operating in you. Whether it's faith or fear. 
So you can't really count on what people say with their mouth because you have to, you have to watch them when they're in trouble. Are you listening to me? Is God still the El Shaddai on the mountaintop? Is he still El Shaddai in the valley? Is he still El Shaddai in the fiery furnace? Is he still El Shaddai in the workplace where you get persecuted? Hallelujah. Oh, come on, somebody. You have no fear in you. We're going to deal with that spirit of fear tonight. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him and he in God. How many want the El Shaddai to dwell in you so strong that there's no fear in you? How do you know that's possible? Verse 16, and we have known and believed the love that God has towards us. God is love. And he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Now look at verse 18. There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. When the spirit of bondage and fear has been broken over you, and the spirit of sonship, the spirit of adoption, by which you cry out, Abba Father, Abba Father, Abba Father, Abba Father, you know that your father is the El Shaddai. His love has been perfected in you. The Bible says then that perfect love casts out the spirit of fear. Fear of demons. People are afraid of devils. They're afraid of demons. You don't have to be afraid of You can have power over all the power of the devil. Amen. That's what Jesus said. Behold, I give you power over all. Somebody shout all. All the power of the devil and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Somebody say nothing. Is Jesus a liar? If he's not a liar, something's got to change. Amen? Something's got to change in us. Something's got to change in our thinking. Something's got to change. And it's not going to be Jesus. Amen? Because he's the perfect one. He's the El Shaddai. Amen. He is the high and lofty one. And he is truth. Amen. What is this perfect love? It's a laboring love that believes and confesses that he is the son of God. God is the El Shaddai. He doesn't fear anything and he dwells in you. Mm-hmm. This is what El Shaddai means. El Shaddai means all sufficient, all powerful. He is able. He's all merciful. There is nothing that he can't do. There is no situation or circumstance too difficult for him. There is not that he takes nothing and makes it something. He holds everything in his hands of his mighty power. He reigns over all. He brings life to dead situations. The winds, the seas, the storms obey him. He comforts the comfortless. When the El Shaddai is with you, you can't be cursed. You are blessed just like the children of Israel. When Balaam tried to bless him, he tried to curse him. He couldn't curse him because the shout of the king was among them. Every time he tried to curse him, God turned the curse into a blessing. 
Balaam said, I paid you to curse them while you're blessing them. He said, I can't help it. I can't help it. The shout of the king is among them. We hope this message has equipped and strengthened you to boldly follow Jesus. If you would like to know more about Brian Burke International, visit brianburke.org or write to Brian Burke International, P.O. Box 4153, Hallandale Beach, Florida 33008 or email us at info at Until next time, God bless.